0: Welcome to The Nautical Mind. This is episode two, talking about the mind, the body, and the soul in terms of holistic health. And today we have a very special guest, the first special guest, Tyler Witt.
1: What is up? (laughs) (laughs) Tell,
0: Tell us, and our like three listeners, a little bit about yourself, Tyler.
1: Well... As you said, my name is Tyler. Um, I uh, just graduated from the the high school that we went to. I'm a year younger than Alex, so just graduated, and this topic is uh, it's really relevant to to my life because I want to do something in the medical field, but um, at our school we have to write a thesis, and my thesis is a lot centering around this topic of holistic health and what does that look like. So uh, I, I really, really like this topic, and... So that's a quick little blurb about who I am and uh, what what I what I'm here for. Nice. Well,
0: I'm happy to have you on because I definitely could not talk about holistic health by myself. Happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I say we jump right into it and just kind of talk about health in general and like where it's come from. Yeah. So. <laughs> When doing, when doing research, because I really, I knew nothing about this, mm-hmm. when doing research, I kind of started off and I was like, you know what, I wonder what the ancient Greeks thought about health, because I've always been fascinated by, like, the ancient Greeks, their culture, mythology, and I was like, you know what, let's, let's see what they thought. So basically, before Hippocrates, who was like the, what, what, was, what was his name, like the founder of medicine?
1: He's kind of known as the father of medicine. The, okay, who, yeah. Yeah.
0: So Hippocrates was the father of medicine, modern medicine, I guess. But before him, it's, I guess you could kind of infer this, but basically they thought everything was spiritual. So if you were sick, they were like, dang, the gods have it out for you. What did you do? And basically they thought that morality was um, directly tied to health. So if you were a good person, you had good health. And if you were a bad person, then you'd have bad health. But anyway, Hippocrates came along, and he was like, no, 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 no. And he, <laughs> he proposed that there were four liquids in the body. Each, like, one that corresponded to earth, wind, air, not air, earth, wind, fire, and water. Yeah. And, like, these liquids had to be perfectly balanced for someone to be healthy.
1: And that's the first idea of someone thinking that the body had something to do with the health, and that is so far off, but <laughs> Hippocrates, you got us there.
0: You got us there. I know, what a guy, what a guy.
1: So moving on in, in time and just thinking of uh, what, doctors, what doctors were, Hippocrates ended up writing 60 medical entries that became known as the Hippocratic Corpus, and from that we get the, the Hippocratic Oath which every every physician takes from from in modern medicine so uh that idea of treating treating people has gone gone back since the greek times and then you moved into the middle ages and basically doctors were just guessing at that point and (laughs) if you uh (laughs) if you were a good guesser you became a good doctor in essence um yeah, that was, prediction was literally the, a doctor's best skill. So then you move forward, and then the scientific, scientific revolution began. And that's really whenever people started to understand, because autopsies became a thing. So people, you know, opened up bodies and were like, oh, it's not for liquids. It's, <laughs> there's organs and systems in, in people. So from then on, and then the the past hundred years has been, the craziest scientific medical shift in, in history with the amount of technology that there is. So it kind of brings that quick history of where medicine was to where it is now and the difference in the original idea of it being all spiritual and then to now it being all physical. And I think health it's that fine line in between. Health isn't just one or just the other. Health involves so much more. And so something that's really really interesting is as from a Christian worldview and as Christians, um, the best way to think about health um, is to look is to look at scripture. And so what scripture has to say about it. Um, so the, the first really interesting thing is that so a person is described as a soul in Genesis two seven. So this Hebrew root word for soul is, is really, really cool. It's called, the root word is nefesh. So this word nefesh is used a couple times in scripture to describe what a person is. And so nefesh, which is uh, the word for soul, is again used to describe the physical body in Leviticus 21.11. Uh, it describes the mind or the psychological functions of a person in First Chronicles 28.9 and then Acts 14.2 and then it describes the spirit the metaphysical aspect of a person uh, in Luke 146 through 47. So it's so all these come together to form the idea that a that a person is made up of a mind, a body and spirit. And so coming off of that, health and treating a person isn't just treating the physical aspect or just treating the spiritual aspect. It's treating all aspects fully back um to functioning well and properly, which brings, brings her out total health and the Christian idea of health.
0: Yeah, so here's a little off-topic thing, but kind of interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on this, but it occurred to me just now that you could all honestly represent the Trinity just like that too, the body, the mind, and the spirit. Because uh-huh. the body represents like, It's Jesus Christ, you know, the physical manifestation of God. Yeah. Then you have the spirit, which obviously is the Holy Spirit. And then you have the mind, which is God the Father, because he's the one up above. He's the one who's judging, who made, who's like, well, essentially the mind, the governance that's happening. So that's like a lot of people have trouble um, representing the Trinity and understanding how three parts can be one, yet here we are manifestations of, I guess, how the Trinity can be represented.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think I had seen something about that in some research. But the idea like that, it's that we were made in God's image. And so when we're made in God's image, God's a Trinitarian God. So we're a Trinitarian person. Just in, Obviously, we're not God, because that's <laughs> not how that works. But we're made in his image and are created in these three different aspects that represent who he is and we come together to create this beautiful being that, that God has created.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really That's cool. really cool. <laughs> wow, we're like two minutes in and already like nerding, nerding out yeah. on theology. Time to sip my tea. So as you were talking about, there are basically three aspects to a person. There's the body, the mind, and the soul. So, a lot of my research that I did uh, today, a few hours before this... Yes, of course. um, I spent researching the relationship between the body and the mind. Because I've always been fascinated by, like, psychology and what... And all that that entails. And so, I kind of got stuck on a rabbit hole. And it's, it's very well known that mental health affects physical health. Yeah. Right? So, if you... Um, and vice versa, you know, if you, if you have bad health, that can very well affect your mental health, your mental stability. Um, and so like, if you, there are a lot of cases of people who have like, are struggling with depression and then they have health issues that arise out of that. Mm -hmm. So I started researching into that. And one of the interesting things I found out
1: about was the placebo effect. Have did you ever research that? I've heard of it, but I haven't really looked much into it, so, so enlighten me.
0: Okay. So the placebo effect is something that doctors kind of stumbled upon whenever they were doing research. So essentially the way, um, the way re- research goes is there is an experimental group and then a control group. Mm-hmm. So the experimental group, let's just say that the doctors are testing um, a pain medication that, yeah, let's just say doctors are testing a pain medication. So the experimental group, they would give this new pain medication to, and the control group, they would not. And they would measure to see the effectiveness of this new drug. So the placebo effect is whenever doctors would um, experiment with the control group, instead of giving them nothing, they would give them like a sugar pill and say that it's the drug. So everyone thought that they were taking the new pain medication and the new drug and they wanted to see who actually like benefited from it and one of the things they found is that the placebo group experienced significant health benefits even though they didn't take any of the drugs just like the people who did take the drugs huh. so that was that's just like one example but scientists have done tons of studies that have corroborated this and basically there's a huge tie between um the body and the mind yeah you know to where a lot of people
1: think that the mind can actually heal the body yeah the mind in i mean i am nowhere near a psychologist so definitely do do your own research and look more into this but the mind is so, like such a powerful thing that the that we as humans have and the idea that that we can think and that the way our mind perceives things can change our physical and spiritual well being um in this aspect and in in this study it really it really just shows the power that God's given us just through the mind so yeah that's that's really interesting
0: yeah, and I was reading a um I was reading an article earlier today that kind of gave me a visual representation which was really nice cuz i know nothing about this <laughs> and it showed it showed what was happening with the placebo effect yeah and it was talking about like when morphine was given to a patient versus when someone was given like when if they were injected with like just water but told it was morphine so basically when morphine was like injected it would go to like an opioid receptor, whatever kind of receptor would um, take in the morphine, and then that would block the pain. Except like the placebo effect, the patient was told that they were getting morphine, so their brain actually released endorphins that did the exact same thing as the morphine did, went to those same
1: receptors, and then blocked the pain from that that's that's so interesting that the drug doesn't necessarily even do that much it's just a catalyst to to release the endorphins wow
0: yeah and that it's like that's a really good thing but also like the reverse effect works to where um essentially the placebo effect is like if you believe that the drug is going to help you then your brain like Helps those responses. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't. It doesn't work with everything. Yeah, of you course. Know? Of course. Um, but the reverse. The reverse also works as well. So, like, if a patient was given a sugar pill and they thought it was the pain medication, but they thought the pain medication wasn't going to help, their brain wouldn't release those endorphins. Yeah, and so they wouldn't get pain relief at all. And so this it works in the reverse too. It's all about it's all about the mental health and the outlook. Yeah. That that specific patient has.
1: Yeah, kind of talking about that the men- the the mental health and the connection between the mind and the spirit. I was just scrolling through Instagram today and came across a a post. It was this study that was done, and it found that regularly bottling up emotions. So it's this kind of mind of of the feelings and all this can lead to potentially serious mental and physical health problems. So you know, normally when we think of bottling up emotions, it leads to that. We just connect it to depression or um, some psychological issues um, that come with that. But what the study showed is that whenever you bottle up those emotions and um, hurt that, hurt your psyche, hurt hurt your mental health, it it doesn't just hurt the mental health. It's your physical health as well, which is, it's so interesting how they're so connected. Um, But in our Western society and Western medicine, uh, we, we like to have it so compartmentalized. Yeah.
0: And it it really is, it really is unfortunate because it's like the way, the way God designed our bodies is so unique to everything else, you know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like it's only life that can repair itself. Like if you look any, anywhere else, everything's always in a constant state of decay, but it's like our bodies can literally like lose a limb and be fine. We can get really, really sick, and our body will b- basically build itself back up. Yeah. You know, you can lose part of your liver, and your body's like, okay, that's we'll work, fine. We'll work with it. We'll We'll work <laughs> with that. Um, and it's, so it's it's just amazing to see. And so that's like, whenever somebody has mental health issues, that can seriously, like, impact the body because, you know... The brain is like the epicenter. It's like the control panel Mm -hmm. of your body. So if it's not, if things aren't going great up there, it's not going to be able to properly send all the hormones and everything that you need to be able to properly repair yourself, causing you to be even more sick, you know? Yeah. The placebo effect poses a pretty significant ethical issue as well. And I want to just kind of get your, get your thoughts on it. So, there, are some, there were a few German doctors who wanted to prescribe um, sugar pills as the placebo effect because it's cheaper and it essentially worked the same as the other pain medication. Yeah. So, but instead they were like, if you tell them, if you tell the patient, hey, these are just sugar pills, but we're trying to convince your brain it's actual medication, it's not going to work because no. they're going to know essentially what they did is they just kind of like mixed them in. So they would have like half actual pain medication, half just sugar pills, and they wouldn't tell them, they didn't label them. So the, um, I guess the patient had no way of knowing. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is, do doctors have a responsibility to tell their patients if they're giving them a placebo effect, even if it would mean that that would ruin the, I guess, placebo drug for them. Because they're technically lying. So if I, if I was your doctor and I was like, all right, you are in pain, I'm giving you pain medication, mm-hmm. but I secretly was giving you sugar pills because, because of the placebo effect. So it's like cheaper and it still works the same. Do doctors have an ethical responsibility to tell their patients the actual truth? Because I read through the Hippocratic Oath, and it doesn't say anything about that,
1: okay, so my thoughts on that question it's it's a really tough question to come at from a Christian worldview perspective as well yeah because I think when you look at it as a just as an outside standard not a Christian worldview just a just a as a as a physician as a doctor from the Hippocratic oath, there's nothing that says. That says that that isn't um, isn't right or isn't like it's not. Uh, I'm There's nothing that says that you can't uh, or shouldn't do that. I mean, it, there does it does talk about that. I will remember that I remain a member of society with special obligations to all my fellow human beings, those sound of mind and body as well as the infirm. So I think. That, that that may get glossed over a little bit, but when you come at that from a, a Christian worldview and a, a Christian perspective, you realize your uh, your obligation to your fellow humans is to is to speak truth. And so at that point, it would really become hard as a Christian physician uh, knowing knowing the word of God and then also knowing these words in context to to lie to your patient even though i see the see the positive effects of like the placebo it's hard for me to say it's okay
0: yeah it definitely is a very difficult question and i think that um i think that's a that's a very good answer and it's a very difficult question a d- very difficult question to answer you know cuz doctors have a responsibility to their patients you know to put their health first and there's like I don't know, the ethics of it are very much a gray area. Um, but also I think that, like, a patient's mental health needs to be taken into account. Yeah. More, because, you know, like, there's a lot more to health than just just the body.
1: For you sure. You know, there's the body, the mind,
0: and the soul.
1: So, yeah, as, as you kind of think about how they're also connected when it comes to the health of a person... Yeah, and you look at what modern doctors and what Western medicine, like what's what standard Western medicine that all of us go to, uh, says about it. The the philosophy adopted in the modern world is a it's a philosophy called reductionism. So this idea of reductionism, it it sees people and human beings as philosophically nothing more than the sum of their physical systems. So it sees people. As only physicality and so it takes away people's emotions people's uh, personal experience and people and what makes human beings human beings and so that modern idea uh, has really held back I think a lot of what treatment is and so even though science is as far ahead as it's ever been and it's moving at an exponential rate towards di- different cures and different uh, treatments people aren't being treated as well anymore. And so um, you, you learn from the Hippocratic Oath makes it clear that you're to treat the person, not necessarily the disease. And that's what redu- the problem with reductionism, is it treats the disease, not the patient. And so mm. that's where the shift has to come uh, if, if we really want to get this idea of treating a more holistic person is just treating the person and their specific needs in their specific context where they are rather than necessarily finding the symptoms and then trying to stop these symptoms it's finding the cause of the symptoms finding what's happening in this person's life that that is causing their health to go down so even though their physical health has gone down and is is not where it needs to be that probably has something to do and is oftentimes related to physical and spiritual health
0: yeah so i know whenever we were talking a little bit about this and i read your i read your senior thesis and you talk you did talk about some of the old traditional practices Mm -hmm. so just expand on those a little bit more because you're definitely more qualified to talk about this than (laughs) i am
1: Yeah, so some of those older, you look at Eastern medicine, and a lot of Eastern medicine is kind of, like, taboo in our culture, and it's always weird when people talk about acupuncture and stuff. and Essential oils. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) laugh. But, yeah, so trying to think about uh, Eastern medicine is, it's, it's odd in our culture, and I'm not saying Eastern medicine is right in everything that they do, but they do seek to treat a more whole person. So, like, oriental medicine is this traditional Chinese view of medicine. And so in their idea of anatomy, they they lean a lot more into that original Greek thought. They they th- see these things called meridians, which are essentially connection points through the body that run, that where energy flow. And so energy flows throughout the body. And so the idea is that if your your mind is is your mental health is suffering, that the energy points in your, in your mind translate to your body. Mm-hmm. And so that's, they include that idea of as one, one piece of health goes down, so do the others. Um, so, see, so yeah, some of the practices that they use can include like acupuncture, there's all these different massage therapies. Um, meditation is a big thing, which, uh, as Christians, we're called to meditate on his word and meditate on, on, on Christ. And that comes through prayer and different things like that. So, um, using a Christian worldview, we look at, we look at what like the Eastern medicine is doing and we see, we see a lot of these aspects of treating a whole person, but they just don't fully get that idea of what a full person is. They, they really, they understand this idea of the mind and the body being connected but the spirit is so often left out, and that's where that's where the Christian worldview really comes in, to to treat a whole person. As I was just thinking about Eastern medicine, I was watching Survivor a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, it was an old season, and there was this old, is he's pretty old Korean guy, I think. He was one of those Eastern Asian countries is where he was from, and it happened three separate times that people that he was on a tribe with had like pounding headaches, migraines and just were miserable and he did i don't know i don't even know exactly what he did but did this whole practice on them and like essentially kind of massaging their forehead and doing all these things and they ended up with this red dot in between their eyes from i don't know pressure um but after about like they said it was probably like a 15 20 minute thing where he was doing his his practice that he had learned uh, since he was a kid, they were fi- They felt fine and they felt this headache was gone. And so I don't know how much of this was written into the show, how much was, uh, was really shown. And, you know, that's not like a super reliable source, but it was just something I saw that was a, that was a, a very like r- clear example where I would seen, cause we don't see anything like that in our culture um, so seeing something like that happen, and then people testifying that it worked on them, it was was really interesting. And so, obviously, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it was interesting to see. There is some truth, and there is some, uh, there is some value behind these Eastern ideas. And I, there's definitely a lot of validity to these practices,
0: you know, because these have, these have gone through centuries and like thousands of years of culture and generations who have passed them down and if they didn't if they didn't work if they didn't have some sort of um, benefit to them they definitely would have just fallen out of tradition you know yeah so it's it's really interesting to read about read about these and I know I watched like three TED talks and a lot of them were like they're very culturally based and so it's very interesting to see just the influence that that has Mm -hmm. and you'd you don't hear that, right? You don't hear that in today's culture because we're so we're so material and scientific to where we brush that stuff off to the side and we say, "Okay, well, no, it's okay. We have we have modern medicine." Yes, you know, but there's it's interesting to see what can actually work. Okay, so I'm going to quote I'm going to quote a little part of the Hippocratic Oath that I've written down here, and it says that I will remember that there is an art to medicine, as well as science, and that warmth, sympathy, and understanding may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug. So, how... It says, in, it says in the Hippocratic Oath that it's like, that this idea of personhood goes beyond, you know, just the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug, just the modern medicine. The doctors are supposed to see the person holistically, in yes. a sense. So how do you think that that can be
1: applied in today's environment? Man, that's, that's the tough question. When, because there's, I mean, I, I'm nowhere near the first person to write a thesis or t- do a TED Talk or come out as, and say something like there needs to be a shift in modern medicine to you know, learn from what uh, was happening in the Eastern ideals and then uh, treat the whole person but the question always becomes how does how do we actually do this and so i i don't have an answer there's it's i'm nowhere near a clear definition but i have talked to some people who tried tried to implement some ideas like this um during my thesis i was uh just trying to talk to some doctors about what that uh really believed in treating people not necessarily diseases um Um, and so one, one guy I talked to, he's a neurosurgeon. And so after every patient that he, he, he works on and does surgery, he gives them a copy of, uh, mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And so I, you know, he, that he says that's kind of his one way of trying to make an impact on his patients and realizing the value in life, um, and as he's a neurosurgeon, so he's probably he's saved multiple lives in doing this. And he's he says he's really trying to understand that it's not his practice that's saving their life, and ultimately he his practice may have been the one to save their like their physical life, but spiritually he can't do anything for them. Uh, in in an ultimate grand sense, so he says that's kind of his one way, and so that's. His way of doing it. It's not necessarily the right way of doing it. It's not necessarily the only way of doing it. But that's his way. And so, yeah, I'm just throwing out different ideas of what what can we do is really interesting, and to hear different people's takes on what they think works and what they think doesn't.
0: Yeah, because I think the biggest issue is implementing this across a system that does not adhere to a specific religion. You know, and that's just that's the beauty of America, right? We have religious diversity. People have the freedom to believe what they want. And so we can't just go out and say, Okay, all medical professionals need to ad adhere to the idea that all people are like created in God's image and everything mm-hmm. because it's true. However, we you know, you can't force people to believe that.
1: And it's an unrealistic standard to try and reach. Right.
0: And so the issue comes to be able to say, is there a universal standard by which we can define human lives, you know, humanity, and then be able to implement that into holistic health?
1: So I think in in the modern world, there's definitely been some strides toward connecting mental health and physical health in the past 10, 15 years, Um, especially these past five years or so mental health has really been brought to the forefront in, in America and it's been really brought out as this big issue of treating people's mental health and the importance of mental health which is really, really good um, for people realizing that mental health needs to be treated and so when that hap- and with that happening uh, the connection is starting to be made between the, the mental and the physical and so the more people recognize that Mental health uh, and physical health aren't separate, uh, separate things. That they're, that they're intimately related and connected. The more people will call for change in a system that that takes the philo- philosophical view of reductionism and treating people as just physical systems and uh, compartmentally treating people. So the these strides in society to treat to treat mental health. Uh, is a good start and i think it just has to come with personal conviction as a doctor realizing that your ultimate goal is to bring about life and heal the fullness of a person and so that has to come individually to each to each physician and like we talked about not each physician is going to be this uh have the the same Christian worldview and idea of spiritual life that we do, but they can still realize the importance of treating the whole person, whether that be through a Christian spiritual view, an Eastern spiritual view, or, uh, or some other standard. It comes through personal conviction of realizing the need to treat uh, more than just the physical body.
0: Yeah. And I think also the... The field of psychology has a lot of encouragement to offer in like the implementation of spiritual practices, you know um, because they're they're allowed they're allowed to implement um, spiritual guidance and practices, but only if their patient brings it up first and allows them to you know so if someone goes in for counseling and they open up and say. I'm like struggling with these, this, this, and this, and I'm open to like spiritual options, that opens a whole lot of doors yeah. that then connect, you know, the mind and the spirit because that's, that's what psychology is. It's all about the mind. Mm-hmm. But Whenever you connect the spirit, that opens a lot more doors. And so if somehow that was able to be implemented into the medical field, then you really could implement good holistic health by encouraging doctors to ask about spirituality, yeah and really encouraging people to um, have more openness towards like the unity of the body, the mind, and the soul
1: mm-hmm.
0: because definitely like whenever you first came to me with this topic, I had to go I had to go and kind of like do my own research to figure out what it is that holistic health is
1: really about. Yeah.
0: Because it's like, I, it's not a common
1: topic. No, there, it's not something that people just know when what you mean when you say holistic health.
0: Yeah. But it, it's definitely something that's important for people to be able to implement into, you know, the current healthcare system to just fully maximize
1: the potential here. For sure. And some i think some really interesting ways that doctors could start to bring this up is using scientific studies that show show results in uh treating spiritual health and how it how it helps the full person so there's there's a couple studies that that I've looked at one uh it was a couple phases of testing different groups and uh interviews that found that daily spiritual experience uh whether that be uh, prayer, reading a Bible, and it's not, not even just Christian spiritual experience, but just some type of spiritual experience is related to a de- uh, decrease in total alcohol intake, an improved quality of life, and a more positive psychosocial status. So it, the f- findings show that spiritual health gives a more positive life and a more positive mindset, which creates a more positive physical health as well. And so uh, there was that study, and then there's another one that it takes these... It's this group of people that have all experienced some uh, recent life-threatening illness, that they, they had just gotten through an illness that easily could have taken their life. And all the patients were interviewed and gone through these phases of testing. The overwhelming majority of patients found that uh, through discussion and surveys that religion and spirituality... Uh, again, not even necessarily Christian, just some form of spirituality uh, were great comforts for these patients in times of need. And that it ultimately, they think it helped them get through these times. And a lot of them talked about how it helped them, but also helped their family. in in these times, it gives comfort and it gives peace to these families that are going through um, the idea of possibly losing a loved one. Yeah, spirituality is definitely very
0: necessary especially in health because you know we talked about like the implication it has on the mind and the body but it's like that's that's the core of who we are if you don't acknowledge our spirituality then like the purpose for which we're here just it goes out the window there's there's no reason we're we're just yeah dust in the wind to quote kansas
1: yeah I think that's why it's so important to to define health uh in a in a more correct way than I think what our society sees it as um, that's why I think the one of the very first things we did is define what health looks like so we use scripture uh to define what the Christian view of health is but then also looked at like this the Eastern idea of health and so when our idea of health becomes that of a holistic person and uh, being more than just a physical system working correctly. That's whenever our society and us as people will see true healing. It's not just about um, temporary fixes. It's about long-term solutions to life problems because that's ultimately what a doctor. A doctor is called to help people, essentially, and it's it's in this one specific field of healthcare, but. In essence, a doctor is called to bring people back to health, and when a doctor understands what health is, it makes it makes that path to health so so much more clear.
0: The really the only question that um, I had that I wanted to pose to you tonight was why do you think that it works effectively across any religion? You know, because it's like. Eastern religions have been implementing these, these practices in healthcare for, for a very long time. And it's worked for them, you know? They've been able to see the fruits of it, and yet they, they don't believe the same thing that we do as Christians. So my question is to you, why do you think that it works for
1: everyone? Well, Mr. Alex, that is an incredible question that someone much smarter than me should probably answer. And in all honesty, I have no idea. I mean there there's thoughts that come of say it's because that what that's what health is is health it at least becomes closer to the idea of what health is, but I don't wanna speak speak in a more power position on something that I really haven't looked into much. So that's a, it's a phenomenal question, and really, really interesting to think about and look at, but nothing that I can say definitively or even just guess well about. I think it's a beautiful concept that the idea of spirituality uh, is something very important to health, and that that could be a tool that we could use to build God's God's kingdom and ultimately reaching people of uh, Eastern Eastern religions and saying this idea of spirituality isn't foreign to you, like you've seen it in your life, and you've seen it work. But here's how the Christian life implements it, and so I think it become it can become a tool. But why it works and when it may not necessarily be the complete correct view of spirituality, that is beyond me and something that. I, that's a deep question to wrestle with. That's a that's a respectable answer.
0: Well, to our three listeners out there, <laughs> there's some there's some food for thought.
1: You can just dwell on that. I guess as a as a closing thought, this was really fun. I enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed our time in your garage, <laughs> 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 and but in in all in all actuality. Health is such a such a cool thing to to talk about, and it's something that I'm really passionate about, and that's i I want to be I want to go into the healthcare field and that's that's the big reason why I really decided to look into this. and you know the, the practicality ideas of how do you implement this is still something I'm wrestling with of okay, once I do uh you know finish finish my schooling. Become a doctor. What is that like? What do I want to do to be different? What do I want to do to treat people not just diseases? And so that's I mean, that's a long question that's going to take Years and years of talking to people and praying and thinking about it, but it's just a beautiful concept of And something that we learn Through scripture and from Jesus that even whenever he healed people physically It, it was never if you look at all of his miracles, it was never just physical he always included spiritual, like awakening or spiritual healing, in some form or fashion, and so I think that gives the the perfect picture of what a true physician, what a true doctor, is to is to care about. Is there to care more about the patient's soul than the patient's body? Uh, that the body is important, and that's the that's oftentimes the way that we get that doctors get to um, interact with people, but that the interaction can go so much further and be so much more meaningful than just some simple some than just simply giving someone a drug or giving them a shot to to boost their immune system for a limited time that we can as christians as those who truly believe in the power of holistic health and recognizing what the spirit can do uh can make such an impact so I think it's just such a beautiful concept to to look at and think, of, think about. And I'm, I'm really excited to just continue to think about this idea and hopefully implement it in, in the future.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for coming to be on the second episode of the Nautical Mind podcast. It was awesome. Um, you were an excellent guest, and I'm thankful for this conversation. I learned I learned a lot in researching and talking to you. And I'm very excited that you're going into the medical field because you know what you're doing, and he's going to be an excellent doctor
1: well the the questions you posed to me the the theology and stuff behind it and the philosophy behind it were really interesting a lot of a lot of concepts that were were new to me and I had to kind of wrestle with, which I really enjoyed so this was fun thank you
0: yeah all right, well, I guess. That concludes the second episode of the Nautical Mind podcast.
1: The Nautical Mind episode
0: <laughs> two. That's a wrap. It's a wrap.